everybody. How you doing? Well, that's good. My name's Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. Welcome to the fucking Flyers post-game thing here on Green Room. Uh, new month, same story. Flyers uh, are terrible. They're just an absolutely terrible team. I, 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 of everything we've seen from this team over the years, this run of just abject mediocrity, I know they've looked worse, but goddamn, it doesn't feel like it. I didn't, I don't know about you, I didn't, I barely paid any attention at all in the third period. Uh, like, the game just did not capture my interest. Um, I know they scored, you know, in the second after, uh, basically after they didn't score on the power play, I was done with the game. But obviously kept it on, kept watching for the most part. Uh, Peru's Twitter, you know. Talk to my dog a bit, all that, all that good stuff. But this team fucking stinks. Imagine if they didn't have a goaltender. Like Carter Hart still looks fine. You know, he, he made some huge saves again tonight. Uh, they're just hanging him out to dry, left and right. They're screening him, giving up odd man rushes, leaving guys alone in front. Uh, imagine, and this isn't. This isn't anyone's fault. I mean, it's this isn't on Nick Sealer. I'm not, like, blaming Nick Sealer for anything that's going on. Imagine your seventh defenseman being Nick Sealer. Like, fucking imagine. I know, like, Samuel Moran's hurt, but, like, at this time, 12 months ago, Samuel Moran was being cross-trained as a forward. You know, they were changing his position because they were done with him at defense. So I don't want to hear, like, how he's killing their depth and everything, him being out. Like, uh, this is where they are. They have so few good players in this organization as a whole. And, yes, they have been hit hard by injuries. Farabee goes down tonight right when they get Kevin Hayes back. That's a kick in the dick. But they just have so few good players that as soon as one guy goes down, it's a fucking disaster. And once again, I'm not like talking like, oh yeah, the reason they lost tonight is Nick Sealer. It has absolutely nothing to do with it, but it just speaks to the bigger issue. Like we look at this team and it's like, where are all the good players? We just don't have any. It's fucking unbelievable that we went through everything we went through under Hextall and none of those guys are any good. I'm just baffled by the entire situation. Again, I don't want to be here all night. I don't want to do fucking 96 minutes like we did the other night. Uh, it was a great show. I had a great time. Uh, but at the end of the day, we all have lives and things we could be doing other than bitching about this terrible hockey team. Nothing ever changes because they don't want it to change. They came out and told us actually everything will be okay when we get healthy. Ah, Kevin Hayes was back tonight. We scored one goal. It was the guy you didn't want on the team. Uh, yeah, Morgan Frost scored. Uh, anyway, let's get to the callers. Let's lead it off with Kyle Bendel. Kyle, you're live on the post game. Hey, Bill. Uh, don't want to go too long here because I'm way too drunk to uh, be too articulate on here. But we just watched the uh, Rangers lap us in rebuilding a team. Um, so that's cool. And yeah. Yeah, I I really don't know how to feel about that. So, and not only did they lap us, like they were on their way anyway, and then you know they get beaten up by Tom Wilson, and they decide let's go out and get the heaviest team in the league, and they are still 
miles ahead of the Flyers. Like, they fired their coach and everyone. Like, they replaced everybody. And they had a good year last year. Like, things were trending up. And they were like, nah, fuck that. And they accepted accepted none of it. Uh, And here they are. Like, they could very well win the division this year. Like, the division's good. And, you know, there's teams ahead of them and everything. But, damn, if they're not one of the better teams all of a sudden. And the the thing that really makes me upset is that it seems like they are doing exactly what the Flyers want to do, which is be opportunistic, score some goals, rely on your goaltender, except they have better skilled players and their goaltender is a goddamn brick wall, even though we have a great goaltender too. But Shesterkin is just I, – I just don't know. Like, against the Flyers, it's just automatic. Shesterkin's awesome, and, like, right now he looks better than Hart. And who knows? He, he, like, overall he might be. But look at what Hart has done with a lead. Like, it's like pitching with a lead. You just have more confidence. Like, Mm -hmm. give Shesterkin a lead, and to your point about being opportunistic, like – there's a you have a much higher chance of you know cashing in on those uh, cashing in on those opportunities when you have an Artemi Panarin you know oh like, yeah exactly no like when, you have an, when you have an Artemi Panarin you know looking to snipe a uh, you know a goal every once in a while it's a lot better than having a Couturier who is you know a good player but is a Selkie nominee and not a sniper like an Artemi Panarin but uh, thanks yeah, uh, Bill yeah. Uh, good talk yeah thank. Thanks a lot, Kyle. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's just like give give Shesterkin a lead with our incredible skill, and then beat them up. Like, look at what happened in the third. Flyers had Flyers played a good. The sick part is this is the Flyers' best game in at least two weeks. Like they actually looked decent for a large part of tonight's game. Now, one that's a really really low bar, and two they've played themselves out of, okay, it looks like that's something the bill don't like. No, they've, they've played themselves out of that. This seven, seven losses in a row. Like you don't get to play that game when you haven't won since fucking Halloween or however long it's been. Uh, But it's very obvious. Like they have some skill at the top of their lineup, use that to build a lead and then beat the shit out of you in the neutral zone and have your goalie shut the door. Like, it was obvious what their plan was, and they did. I thought they were going to run us out of the building tonight, and it was nice to see the Flyers, like, push back a bit in the second period and then at least at the start of the third until the Rangers kind of found their footing again. But baby steps, right? Yeah, no, it was – it's amazing that the Rangers are this much better than the Flyers. Uh, Let's go to Warren Brody. Warren, you're live on the postgame. Warren, you're muted. Warren. I got you. I got you. I'm sorry. How you doing? You're good. Uh, so, Warren, you know, uh, just a couple comments. A bad start once again. You don't show up to first 10 minutes and you're the game's over. It's 2 nothing already. And that's it. To me, that's that's on the coaching staff. It's on the player, on the leadership group. Let's point to them because, you know what, I'm tired of hearing about how our captain and our alternate captains and how great friends they all are. But they can't. You can't afford to, to to play thirty minutes a night. I mean, it's the same old, same old. No, that's that's absolutely it. Like these slow starts have been have been a problem for a long time with this team, and Claude Giroux is part of that. Sean Couturier is part of that, and 
the coaching staff's part of that. We were told, you know, they brought in all these guys this offseason, guys who are used to leadership roles, guys who are going to contribute in the locker room, all that shit. Where's that? Where is any of that? This is a team that's letting things snowball and get out of control again. They're starting games slow. Like I said a minute ago, this was their best game, you know, in weeks. But, like, they, you, I, don't, yeah. you, shouldn't be, you shouldn't be down 3 nothing before you wake up. Like, you're done. You're not going to they, – they, their top end is three goals. That is the most they've scored since October 25th. So unless you are going to outdo everything you've done for over a month, you have lost already 22 minutes into the game. Oh, it's interesting, though, that Morgan Frost shift where he scored a goal was the best shift I've seen a flyer all year. And he, he looked like a guy that has tremendous potential. I hope we, you know, keep working with him. Uh, the other thing I wanted to bring up the Fletcher fiasco yesterday, just th- what your thoughts were. I was very underwhelmed and, you know, I didn't feel real confident that things are going to get much better. Based on that. Yeah, yeah, I agree, Warren. Thanks a lot. It was um it was shitty. Like we just got told I mean, it was not unexpected. You know, there was nothing we heard no rumors or leaks that the coaches were being replaced. They were practicing what an hour, forty five minutes before the press conference. It was kind it was a requested press conference. I believe the media asked to speak to Fletcher. It's not like he was like, I gotta go out and make a statement. Like, no, it was, he was requested to talk and he just said a bunch of bullshit. Like this team, uh, they've won, was it now at the press conference, they've won 43 of their previous 92 games. And he's saying he needs to see a little more. It's all about the health from missing Hayes and Ellis and that shit. And listen, I'm not discounting Hayes and Ellis. They need those guys. But if the entire season falls apart, like, you're, you're not missing Claude Giroux. You're not missing Carter Hart. If the entire season falls apart because of one or two guys, like, guys are going – there are going to be injuries. This is a contact sport. You play 82 games, and then you go to the playoffs. Everyone is hurt. Like, look around the league. The Devils beat the shit out of us without Jack Hughes the other night. He played his first game since, like, the third game of the season. Like, everyone's hurt. Look at what Colorado has been doing without Nathan McKinnon. They score six fucking goals a night. Like, I I don't want to hear this injury bullshit, but here's Fletcher up there. Oh, well, the first 10 games. No, the first 10 games is a lie. The first five, they scored a bunch of goals. And the next five, your goalies looked really good. And that's the only reason you didn't lose all five of those games. But like, it, Except for the first five games, this team has been absolutely dreadful, save for the one awesome Carter Hart performance against Carolina. Like, that's it. And he's up there trying to bullshit us, telling he needs to see more. What what else do you need to see? You've been here since, what, 2019? Like, you've, you've seen enough. In 2018, right? Was it December 18 Fletcher got here? Time isn't real anymore. I can't remember. Chris H. Chris H., you're live on the post game. Oh, uh, hey, Bill. <laughs> How are you tonight? Uh, well, just frustrated like everybody else. And my comment was that when this team is lacking in two crucial areas that all the Stanley Cup winners had, they, you know, the Penguins, the Blackhawks, the Blues even, and you had the Lightning, they all had elite game-breaking centermen and forwards, and they all had a guy on the back end who was who could eat minutes and drive offense. You know, you had... The Blackhawks with 
prime Duncan Keith, you had Latang, you had Headman, and you had, you know, Petrangelo from, you know, who's in Vegas now. The Flyers don't have that guy. They have Provy. He's not a, he's not, you know, an eat, minute eating offensive defenseman. He's a second pairing defenseman. So they don't have that. And they don't have an elite centerman. They don't have elite game breaking forwards. So how can you expect to do anything when you don't have those two things? You can't. They're not good enough. Like, it's very obvious. We have seen enough of this team to know that they, like, listen, we can blame the coaches, and I think they need to change the coach because what else can you do at this point? But we've seen enough of this team to just know they don't have enough. Yeah, and the last thing is that, you know, people are blaming Hart and everything. I mean, they're coming after Hart now, but he's standing on his head every night, and you're playing – AV's wanting to play this defensive system. Dude, you got to open this system up. Like, none of these guys are built for this defensive New York Islanders style system that only worked with the Islanders because they had elite defensemen. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, I, yeah, you have Nick Sealer back there and you're and, and like Keith Yandel, and you're like, yeah, we're going to play defense. Well, that ain't going to work. Like, it simply will not work. Yeah, and uh, I'll let you go, Bill, but thank you. Thanks a lot, Chris. I appreciate it. Uh, Let's see. Hunter Moyer. Hunter, you're live on the post game. Um, Bill, you you stole what I had, uh, my original thing that I had, but I want to go back to it again, is when Fletcher came out yesterday, whenever that was with the press conference, um, it it doesn't make sense when you say you haven't seen enough when – if this does if this does blow up and the team sucks, why would you go out and get Ellis and and Atkinson and then just wait for it to blow up again? Like you, you need to make a move. That's yeah, where I'm going to toss this. One hundred percent. And like, listen, I, I realize fully that you it takes two to tango. Another team has to be willing to make a move. All that shit. You know, it's hard to make hockey trades. Cap room. I understand everything. But you're desperate. Like, your season is just about fucking washed, and it's December 1st. And you went out, you went out and made these moves. Yeah. Like, you gotta, you gotta do something to save this thing. Or, like, you just, you took on Ryan Ellis's contract. You handed Hayes that big contract. You know, Atkinson still has term left. You gotta make a decision on G. Like, what, what are we gonna run this thing back for four more years and just, like, hope to get a wild card? What do we, what are you gonna do? How long is how long does it take for you to figure things out? Like, what happens when we're in last place, which like they might be in right now, honestly. Like, uh, how much do you need to see before you gotta do shit? Hello, Buffalo. <laughs> no, it's just... possible. <laughs> I don't. It, it's mind-boggling because I'm really starting to to figure. It has to be coaching. It has to be because Voracek is doing pretty good with uh going back to columbus you know he was never a goal scorer he was always a playmaker like Giroux. but you know ghost isn't that bad since he left but it's like i don't i don't know i don't know how to take it my god dude look at it look at a ghost like they could use him so bad (laughs) it's unbelievable how useful ghost would be right now and like they tried to replicate it with keith yandel but like Keith's not a shoot first guy on the power play. He's a hundred years old and he's a he's a distributor. Like you basically have blood clot blood clot in back there, hoping to like jumpstart your power play. Uh, it's just 
I, coaching is a huge part of it. The players have to take some ownership. It's really it's an organizational issue with this oh, lack it, of talent. It is, it is. And when you when you went to yesterday in the when I listened to the podcast, you were like screaming. I, I get I get that Charlie's coming from the perspective of an analytics and reporter, but as a fan, you got to understand that this is so fucking infuriating that <laughs> I don't know. Like Just, Frost, like Frost today. He's skating down. It's a three-on-one. He sees the guy laying down. He has to see him laying down. And I he, mean, he proceeds down. to fucking pass it. He laid down early. Like, it looked re- – and maybe, like, he tried to sauce it over him and just didn't get just didn't get it. But, like, he laid down early enough for you to make a better Which, decision. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's it. I mean, the other thing is, is you can win with a team like this, but you need to buy in the fact that – you have to be a gritty team and not have that superstar. Like when they went to the Stanley Cup Finals, fucking Richards was their best point maker with fucking, I think it was 62 or some shit like that. But that was a team that bought into that that gritty play style back then. And we just don't have it. I appreciate it, Bill. Thanks a lot, Hunter. Yeah, it's the frustrating part is coming to the realization that the Hextall era didn't work, and that means you might have to start over. And that's just even more time of flat-out bad hockey. And, like, I don't want to watch more bad hockey. I've watched enough. Like, don't I deserve some good hockey now? Like, is January till March 2020 all I get? Like, that's the good hockey I get for, like, eight years. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right, Dan Allen. Dan Allen, you're live on the post game. Hey, Bill. Uh, first of all, I wanted to say that as the Flyers get worse, BSH Radio gets better. That show, that show uh, was fantastic. Um, I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Um, and uh, you know, I'm glad you mentioned, uh, you know, the sort of like what you just said because I, I was thinking about people who want the Flyers to tank. You know, to uh, you know, to potentially be bad and then, oh, let's get some high draft picks. And that's the only way to get better is to get high draft picks or whatever, which might be, you know, there's not, there's some truth to that. But one, I refuse to sit through multiple seasons of last place hockey. And two, I've yet to be convinced that this team can, this organization can draft its way out of a wet paper bag. I mean, what have we gotten in the draft? Like, I, I'm thinking of the three, there's three top, not, I mean, Patrick isn't here anymore, but the three top 10 picks that the Flyers have had in recent memory were Couturier was eight. Of course, he's great. Provorov is average and Zach, Zach Wierenski is better than him. And he was drafted one pick after. And then Nolan Patrick, who like, I, I can just laugh and that can explain his career so far. So I, I don't know why I should have any faith that they can draft their way out of it or trade their way out of it. Cause, or I, why should I have any confidence? <laughs> No, it's no, it's, it's, a, it's a great question, Dan, and thanks a lot. Um, it's That's the other scary part is you got to get lucky with the years and the, the players you get in the draft. Like, you know, not winning the draft or not winning the lottery really worked out for the, some teams in 2017 with the guys who went after. And, like, he's is a nice player. Um, but when you see, like, Heiskinen and Makar there, uh, it's <laughs> – you know, uh, you got to get lucky with the years. I mean, shit, look, look at what happened with the Sixers process. You only get Embiid because he got hurt uh, and you, you fell to three. 
Uh, ben Simmons, we all see how that's working out. You get up in the draft for Markel Fultz, and then it's like, yeah, Jaleel Okafor. Like, and that can happen in hockey. Um, you can get unlucky, you know? Fuck, man. I don't – the idea of a process is so goddamn depressing, and I know – I know they have to do it. And I'm still like, I kind of hope Fletcher just goes like doubles down and does a bunch of even shit that uh, it might be stupid. Like just so I like to potentially maybe get lucky in that regard. Uh, <laughs> Johnny Dyer, John, you're live on the post game. Nope. Uh, looks like we lost Johnny. Uh, get back in there, Johnny. I'll get you back up. Matt, Matt, you were live on the post game. Hey, Bill. Uh, can you hear me? Yeah, I got you. How are you tonight? I'm not bad. I'm, uh, uh, I guess, thankful. This is almost turning into therapy, I think, for some of us. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, just want to say thanks for uh, somebody else mentioned it, but for the podcast. Um, you know, I like what some of Charlie says sometimes, but um, it was nice to see somebody come with a little bit of, you know, bluntness and passion um, to counteract some of the, you know, just ineptitude we're seeing from this organization. Um, now, I'm very anti-coach, and I guess that's maybe the first point I'll bring up. Um, for the Flyers forwards, I would say Frost had a good game, and most people would agree. Aside from Lindblom, Bunneman, and McEwen, who do you think was the forward with the next lowest ice time? Was it Morgan Frost? Morgan Frost. Yeah. Um, I don't understand how the one guy that comes in and actually shows that he can really help in this transition game, create some stuff is, isn't played more. Um, it's just, I don't know how this guy is still coaching. I don't know how the team doesn't make a move. They just sit on their ass and it's the same shit day after day. Yeah, and like two the the two most recent games I think are great like great examples of why you got to get rid of this coach. Uh, like just looking at the schedule, that Devils game was so important to get a win. Uh, just because you can see like looking at the schedule, there's not a lot of scheduled wins in there. Like you needed that Devils game, and what did they do? They came out and played like shit. All right didn't really seem to be fighting for their coach in that one. Now the GM comes out and says, coach ain't going nowhere, or at least implies it. So what right. does the team do? They fall down two nothing in the first period. They're down what? Three, nothing 21 and a half minutes into the game. Like uh, then they woke up. Sure. That's all well and good. But <laughs> once you're down three, nothing, it's over. This team hasn't scored four goals in a month. Yep. Yeah. It's, um, um, you know, it, it's kind of remarkable at this point. And just the last point I'll make here is I know there's some hesitation among the fan base of, of doing, let's say, a full rebuild and, you know, actually committing to a few years of truly going bottom out and building this thing from, from ground up. We're not that much worse the last few years and even right now than a Buffalo, than some of those teams that we used to laugh at. And you know what? Edmonton is shit and doesn't really have a whole lot of playoff success, but at least they have McDavid to watch and have a little bit of fun with. 
this team had one high draft pick during the Hextall years, and that was by chance because they sort of, let's say, lucked into that. You have to commit to those high draft picks for a few years to try to find a headman, to try to find a McKinnon or one of those guys. It doesn't just happen over one year. And the Flyers, that's the mistake they made, is the first year they had the number two pick, that rebuild was apparently over. And that's what they can't do the next time. You need to commit to that beyond just a short window. Yeah, I agree, Matt, and uh, thanks a lot. It is um, – no, it takes it, – it, like I talked about the luck thing, That's that plays into it. You have to get a few in a row. You get, like one will be a complete bust. One will be okay. Okay, he fits in our lineup. And then maybe two, you know, one's a really good player, and maybe you get lucky with a star. And then you actually did something, and then – you have to supplement your roster with, uh, you know, timely trades and good free agent signings and all that shit. I really wonder if Comcast would allow such a thing. I really, really wonder if the ownership group, the corporation that owns the Flyers, would have the patience to uh, say, "Yeah, we're gonna have we're gonna have half empty buildings for a little while and live with that." With, for the idea of having a good hockey team or if they'd rather like go out, get a couple of, you know, decent free agents, make trades, like basically have off seasons like they had this off season just to like try to stay afloat and uh, all that. I really, I don't know if they have the stomach for it. Jason H, Jason H, you are live on the post game. You know, I would, I'm from Indiana and to start listening to, you know, I'm a Flyers fan for years and stuff like that, but I never realized how much till today that I feel like I'm also listening to Pacer post game because a lot of this is the exact same stuff. We're middling in the middle, seven, eight, nine, ten, right in the middle. Doesn't matter what coach you change. Doesn't matter what coach you bring in. You need elite talent. If you're not going to get elite talent in this league, you're not going to succeed. And you can say, well, we can go out and get this sniper, go out and get this guy. Those guys are drafted, and when those guys are drafted, they're not let go by the teams. The Ovechkins are not let go. The Stamkoses are not let go. When those teams get those teams, they sign them, they keep them. You ain't trading for them. You're not getting them. They need to understand that the reality is, is you either start from the bottom or you figure out the financial ways to get to the top. And in today's financial world, the NHL, that's just not reality. No, it's true. Uh, Like the Rangers, you know, have a leg up because they're the Manhattan team. Uh, So a guy like an Artemi Panarin will basically, you know, force his way to be able to get to free agency so he can go there. Um, Outside of that, yeah, how many of these guys ever actually change teams? Like Alex Petrangelo... Is that it? You know, like how it's it's a it's a real rarity. Like you said, getting one of those guys, you have to draft one. And unless you're just hoping to get lucky, like find another Giroux in the twenties, um, you got to get up at the top of the draft. Yeah, I mean, the truth is, I was listening to the Rangers broadcast because I was listening to Sirius, and they said it. They go, "This is this is a good team. It's got talent, but what it doesn't have is elite talent." 
And that's exactly what this team needs is at least a couple pieces of elite talent. Drew was elite talent. He's not anymore. No, absolutely, Jason, and thanks a lot. That's something we talked about on uh, on BSH this week. It's just absolutely insane that in all these years they haven't been able to find anybody who's even close to as good as Drew. And like Drew, fucking awesome man. Like, and he's not, he's not what he was. Like that is apparent. Uh, but it's even now though in his decline. They still don't have anyone as good as Claude Giroux. It's – Jesus. Man, this is – the state of this team, like, uh, the state of our nation is strong. Like, the state of our team is shit. All right. Uh, I saw – yeah, Johnny Dyer's back. Johnny, you're live on the post game. I clicked him again, and he's gone again. I, there's something up with – I don't know what it is, Johnny. I'm sorry. Uh, but every time I bring you up, you're not there. Can you hear me? All right, that's not going to work. Uh, Taylor Donahue, Taylor, you're live on the post game. Hey, Bill. Uh, first time, long time, so thanks for having me on. Oh, uh, great to hear from you. Yeah, I just wanted to go back to the whole Fletcher uh, press conference and everything. He was given a softball question about, you know, why does our power play suck so much? And his response was basically, well, the power play actually hasn't been that good for 10 to 12 years, so, like, we're actually doing fine compared to the past. And I just sat there listening like, okay, that's worse. Like you realize how that works, right? You've seen this problem from the start of your tenure and you've done absolutely nothing about it. And like, first of all, it's a lie. Uh, like when he, when he went, the years he went back to were years where like the power play was really good. Actually, it was the, the reason the Flyers made the playoffs in those hack stall years, those middle years where the team wasn't very good is because they had a plus power play run by Claude Giroux. And once again, like Claude Giroux isn't what he was and that could be a part of it. But to say like, oh, well, it's been a problem. Well, then you're the fucking GM. Fix it. Like, you're the exactly. guy who chooses who's here. <laughs> exactly. I just don't understand how he hasn't fired Terry yet. I'm about to buy tickets behind the bench just to hold up the sign that says to fire him or something, because clearly they're not listening to the fans. It's it's unbelievable the loyalty that they have to this coaching staff right now when they've done nothing. Like, this team has been subpar since COVID. Like, that's it. Like as long as COVID has been a part of our lives, which feels like goddamn forever, this team has been a major disappointment. So like, I don't know how much more he needs to see before he changes something. Agreed. Especially when he was saying how he was looking at things in 10 game bursts. Like if you take another 10 games, that's like almost half the season. Like, what are you waiting for? Yeah. 10 more games and we're going to be in last place. Like, okay. Yeah. Then, then we'll make an assessment. All right. Well, Start selling, then start calling teams up. See who wants risk the line and then brawn because, like, 10 more games and it's over. Exactly. Anyway, that's all I had for you, Bill. But uh, also, I went to your high school, so go view. Oh, absolutely. Thanks a lot, Taylor. Go clear view. Uh, that's cool. Love hearing from the old alum. Uh, 69, Mr. 60, you're live on the post game. Hey, Bill. Uh, my thing is just like, what the fuck has Fletcher done to, like, deserve to be a GM in this league. It's like, it's unbelievable. It's like, everyone's like, oh yeah, his dad was a GM and blah, blah, blah. It reminds me of like that, that scene from Step Brothers where he's like, where Dale's like, oh, I'm going to drop out of college and join the family business. Like, I'm a doctor. Like, literally, what, what the hell is, what the hell has Fletcher done to become a GM? 
that's it's it, hockey. It's, a lot of the sports are a lot of sports are like a closed business, and like you need a foot in the door. But like once you're in in hockey, you are always in. Like even talking on BSH Radio this week, we were like, okay, who are the coaching candidates? And it's like all guys who got fired. Like, yeah, just name a list of guys who've been fired in the last year. Like, those are your candidates. And, yeah, sure, they, like, tried it with Dave Haxtall once. I wouldn't be opposed to going that route again. But if you're going to, like, salvage this season, bring in Boost Boudreaux, why not? That would be hilarious. Uh, But, yeah, it's, like, what has he actually accomplished? He's been mediocre his whole career. It's like, yeah, they're all right. He's been okay. It's just unbelievable. I mean, this – this has to be AV's last game. Like, there's no way, like, anyone in that locker room is taking that guy serious. Like, it, it almost reminds me of, like, right before Haxtell got fired, how, like, everyone knew he was, like, a, it was, like, literally just, he was a dead man walking. Oh, well, yeah, we were, I was thinking about that the other day. We were calling, because the Hextall was gone before Haxtell. Yep. And we were calling, I remember, we were calling Hack his own interim coach. Like, they were just <laughs> waiting. And yeah, it's now with the uh, they don't play again until Sunday. This does feel like the um, if you're going to do it, now's the time. Yeah, this feels like the time. Uh, Like, what are you going to you're going to fire the guy before fucking Christmas? Like the game on the 23rd. That's when you're going to do it. That's kind of of a dickhead move. I don't know if you guys are having your festivus party. Like, we'll be buying shots for the whole bar then. I mean, oh. But like, um, it, imagine it, the if thing, they announced it that night. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, honestly, like coaching candidates, like yeah, Boost Brujow, he would be good. Um, honestly, like screw it, like give uh, Babcock another shot. Honestly, <laughs> or like give me a torch, give me someone that's like completely different, like mentality wise from what we have right now. Yeah, we were uh, we were saying like. Charlie, at least your job would be interesting if uh, if it was like Tortorella. Like, at least that would be fun for you. <laughs> like, you get to deal with John Tortorella after games. That would be cool. But it, like, it goes so far beyond coaching. But it's the problem they can fix. Like, they can't fi- they can't fix the problem that the organization has no talent. Like, that's not a fixable problem today on December first. The coach sucking that does that is fixable. 100%. That's the big issue is with like Comcast owning this team is like they're never going to sign off fi- firing AV right now because they owe what $10 million to the guy over the next two seasons. Like there's no shot. But like if anyone on this planet has the money, yep. it's fucking co- like Comcast and Apple that like that, <laughs> they have the money. Like unless Amazon is outbidding them, I don't see who has. It's absolutely insane, and thanks a lot, Six. Thanks, Bill. I appreciate it. Uh, like, if if the money owed is really the the problem, like, what is even the point of being a corporation? I thought the point of being filthy fucking rich is you can set money on fire and laugh about it. Like, I thought that was the whole fun part. Like, ha ha ha, roll the blunt with a hundred dollar bill. Like, if not that, what is the point? Jesus Christ. All right, we're going to try this again, Johnny. Johnny Dyer, you're live. Uh, it's it's just dropping you as soon as I hit you. I don't know what the problem is, dude. I'm sorry. Uh, we'll get this. You've been on plenty of times before, so it's not like 
it's a youth problem. I don't, I don't know what the issue is. Harris Barnes, Harris, you're live on the post game. Hey, Bill, can you hear me? I can. Um, do you think this is going to end up being kind of like an 06, 07 if they really try to blow it up and then they need to hit a home run, like massive home runs in like the, the 07 type of offseason? Is that what needs to happen? I thought that's what this offseason was. Like, that's the thing. Now it's like, yeah, uh, blowing it up looks like the only option at this point. Yeah. Um, and is JVR like one of the most, like biggest disappointments of talent ever? Or he's, was he just never as good as like he was when he was drafted? Cause like, you know, there are times where JVR looks like a amazing player. There were stretches last year. He was really good. I mean, there are obviously stretches for the Leafs during his first stint in Philly. There were a lot, but like, there are times where he barely looks like an NHL or like barely a break even NHL or it's so weird. Yeah, like last year, I mean he started out scoring a ton and even when he wasn't scoring, we were like, Wow, like is JVR looking good, like on the four check and in the neutral zone and wow, look at him forcing turnovers at the point. Like he looked like a totally different guy and this year, man, like the pucks aren't going in and he's just disappeared for such long stretches. That uh, JVR right now, the injuries are one thing. Injuries happen. Like the guy who gets paid to score goals, just being nowhere even close to creating scoring chances. Like they said tonight, he had that one shift where he had the uh, like two shots and like three attempts. And I was like, oh wow, JVR is on the team. That's cool. Like they said that was his first scoring chance in like three games. How the fuck is that possible? Your whole job is scoring chances. Nobody's asking you to do anything else. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's uh, incredible uh, that it happens. And it's not even like he's a bad skater anymore. I don't think he's, like, particularly slow, but he... No, uh, he can skate. It, it just, he just disappears. It's, uh, it's weird that... Um, it keeps happening with him. And, like, I don't think this is the best, like, team comparison to the Flyers, but, like, Tampa this year, they've had so many injuries. Their team is clearly worse than the last couple of years. And, like, they're still getting points. They, they still have a pretty decent record, even with a banged-up team. And the team overall right now, that like, even when healthy, doesn't look that great. Like, I think you look at the the coaching they have and the culture they buy into, yeah, it just AV, it, it looks like time's up for him because – I don't know if there's any team culture in Philadelphia and like, what is he doing to make the whole group in the whole dressing room better? It doesn't look like anything. No, absolutely not. And like, yeah, you look at Tampa, like they lost their whole, their whole third line. And like, you know, uh, Kucherov's been out at points. Stamkos missed some time uh, points been out and they just, they just keep getting it done. Like without a, you know, without complaining, yeah, their record isn't what it was, but like, do they have to take the regular season all that seriously? You know, they need to get in the playoffs. That's what Tampa has to do. Like, they know that they can afford these like stretches for them. But yeah, AV clearly nobody. That I said this earlier. Like the Devils game because of its importance in the place on the schedule. And then tonight, after the GM came out and didn't fire the coach, like, if this team had any desire to, like, really show out for Lane Vigneault, they would have done it in the last two games. They did the opposite. Yeah, and um, to 
before I go, I'll just say what a beautiful performance from you in the uh, yesterday's podcast. I mean, I think like Charlie has a normal approach and uh, Kelly and Steph were just kind of they're dead inside and you just went off on a massive heater. It was great. Just you stiff arm uh, the entire team. I appreciate it, Harris. Thanks. Yeah, like I just like and when I yell, I'm not yelling at them like they don't run the fucking team. You know, I'm just. I'm so to the point, I'm, like, beyond trying to explain anything. Like, if you try to give me a, a rational explanation for anything at this point, I'm sorry. I'm not buying it. The only explanation is this team fucking sucks. I have seen enough. I don't need any more proof. And, you know, like, that's the, you know what's going to happen this year? I'm going to keep saying they suck. And then in, like, mid-January, they're going to go on a little run. They're going to get themselves in the playoff position. We're going to go, oh, they got things turned around, and Ellis is coming back now, and they'll sneak in in a wild card, and then they're going to lose in the first round in six. And then we will all be convinced, ah, this team just needs a couple more tweaks, and we'll be right back here 12 months from now. So, you know, the good news is uh, I'll be hosting this post game unless, like, you know, someone throws a big bag of money at me to change jobs somewhere, but... I don't see that happening, so we'll get to do this all again. Max, uh, you're live. Sorry, I hung up on you last time. Max, you're live. Max. You, th- you there, Bill? Yeah, I got you this time. All righty. So, realistically, there's like three things to talk about. There's goaltending, there's coaching, and there's GM. And there's like roster management. So, like, at the end of the day, we got to start with goaltending. Carter Hart was actually good tonight, and he lost three to one. I feel bad for the guy, right? Like, he made five or six ten bell saves tonight and just got lit up. He robbed Panarin like twice on one shift. Like, that's a dude who absolutely kills us, kills everybody. And yeah, he had no chance tonight. Like, he's getting guys left alone in front. Uh, he's getting screened by his own players. Like. He's getting absolutely zero goal support. Like, if you could just give him a lead, he should, like, oh, the Carolina game. Like, you know, <laughs> they played like shit, but they just scored a little bit for him. And just a little bit. Just the a game. little bit. Just a little. And, it just, it, it, and, and I feel bad because we're going to look back at this game and we're going to be like, oh, three goals allowed. That's not a good stat number, right, for him. But he was uh, he was a good goalie. He was every bit as good as Shostarkin. Yeah, Shostarkin made like four or five ten bell saves. So did Carter Hart. That wasn't the problem at all. He was phenomenal, and we're still going to question him because of it. Yeah, it was um, it, like I have zero questions about Carter Hart, at least at this point in this season. Like his ultimate ceiling and all that, we'll find out as time goes on. Playoff success ultimately determines what you really think of a goaltender. But right now, I, he looks like a franchise. He looks like a franchise goalie to me. And like we're after someone said this to me the other day, like after wasting Claude Giroux's whole career, are we going to do it all over again with Carter Hart? And oh, one, please, no. it's just it's much harder to waste a goalie's career because like goalies determine the outcome of games more than any player, and like. He's only what twenty two, twenty three. It's gonna be real hard to waste like ten more years. You know, like but how this, can they waste twenty years? Exactly. But this also brings me to part two of this, though, 
because Carter Hart fell apart last year because the team fell apart in this like COVID nightmare, right? But like the coach has two jobs. Call a timeout in the middle of the third period and get your team out of a losing streak. And when they all get down on themselves and they all start like feeling sorry for themselves, your job is to like come in and have that like do it for the Gipper speech. Basically, what we're seeing is like back-to-back versions of a coach failing to do either of those. So, yeah, I mean, it gets right back into the whole coaching phenomenon. But like, at the end of the day, you're you're the first one to say that all coaches suck. Like, <laughs> it's yeah, your job to like- just like pat them on the back and get them going in that one time when like they need it, and you can't yeah. do it. So, like, why are we having this conversation? Yeah, they will all uh, they will all disappoint us at some point. They'll do a bunch of conservative shit that we don't like, and we'll just have to live with. But yeah, I mean, after after last season, we were told it wasn't the coach. It was COVID. It was the mix in the locker room. It was the combination of players. It was all this. So, well, they changed a lot of those things. And, and what did all the players hate? All the players hated the coaches yeah. at the time. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like, like we're so we got these new players and they still hate the coaches. And we're in the exact same spot. Yeah. Yeah. And then it goes down to like whose responsibility is that? Like the GM. Like I don't hate this team on paper. I actually kind of like this team on paper, and I'm a little surprised by it because Risto is better than I thought he would be. But. You just don't have anything in front. It's the same story, different day. It's it's got to be. Uh, the, I, I don't think this is a player problem. I think it's, I think it's a coaching problem, and I think you got to ax everybody. And I think your your big uh, controversial play is just you grab Quinville and then you just try and figure it out from there, and you, you deal with you deal with the backlash of that. It will. Thanks a lot, Max. It will not be Quinville. Uh, the league. The league ain't going to let that happen. Joel Quenville has coached his last game in the NHL. That will not be happening. Um, yeah, that's 0% chance of that. Um, and honestly, I don't want him. Uh, you know, the guys, you can't have that shit. Uh, yeah, after going through what we went through last year with this team and them telling us, ah, oh, you know, we had to mix some things up and it'll be better. And us being in the exact same spot now, it, it, it's got to be the coach. Uh, I will, like, I do like this team on paper, but the more we watch of some of these guys, like, Ivan Provorov is a nice player. He is not a first pair defenseman on a very good team. He just isn't. They don't have any dynamic forwards. Guys, someone said, are game-breaking forwards. They just don't have it. I love Sean Couturier. I really question whether Sean Couturier can be the 1C. Like, can he be the Taves? You know, can he be the Kopitar? I don't know if he has that in him. Um, And if he did, shit, I think that part of his career might already be over, man. Like he's played some hard minutes. Uh, he's had some injuries. I, I think we already might be through that that time for him, where he's that guy. So, uh, you know, as a shutdown two C with a really good one C, yeah, you you can absolutely win like that. Um, but in this current makeup of the team, where he's the guy, 
and you have good depth pieces behind him. I don't know. I I don't I don't think it's enough. Uh, Brian Brian Bigaman, you are live on the post game. Brian, you are muted. Hey, hey Bill, what's up? How are you tonight? Oh, same old dream, different day. Um, so I, I'll try to make this quick. I got two points. Uh, first point, I don't know if you run the BAS, uh, the BSH Twitter, but uh, there was a tweet about Morgan Frost, and yeah, it's all it's all fine and dandy that he had the most heart out there, so on and so forth. Uh, however you want to go about it, but when it comes down to it, one kid that really hasn't proved himself in the NHL at to this point, at least in my eyes that's not going to do a damn thing. So, like, why are we wasting his time up here and why not let him get quality minutes, quality scoring chances, quality power play minutes, so on and so forth down in Lehigh Valley? I mean, what's he going to prove down there? Like, that's the, like, the only way to learn to play in the NHL is to play in the NHL, and they don't have anyone else. Like, who are they going to bring up instead? Like, you want to watch more Max Willman? Like, it's just, this is Morgan Frost's opportunity. This is it. Prove yourself in the NHL. Figure out what your role is going to be and if you factor into the future. Because I, I don't see any other point of uh, – what's the point of him in the AHL? He's not going to progress any further down there. we got to figure out what he is up here. Yeah, that's true. I, that that does make sense. Uh, also, just one more bit there. As, as far as um, looking elsewhere in the league, maybe trade, uh, I know DeBrusque is on the block, and so is Besser, I think, even though no movement on that. But uh, as far as DeBrusque is concerned, what would you be willing to give up for a guy like that? Is he elite? Probably not. But is he a guy that shows up every single night and produces? Yeah. So I'd be willing to give up like a Sanheim Lawton and a pick, honestly, I'm at that point. Yeah, I mean, everything's on the table right now. Like, there are no untouchables. I mean, I guess Carter Hart, unless, like, Connor fucking McDavid's on the table or something. But outside of Hart, you know, like, everything's on the table. Uh, they need they need pieces to build around going forward. And, like, looking at what they have, you know, they have some guys signed long-term. But in terms of in-house pieces – Shit, man, Carter Hart, Joel Farabee, Ivan Provorov's here for the long term, so I guess him. But outside of that, what what is it? So they just need to add to this group with guys who you think are going to be here in the next few years because right now, I it, they don't they don't have enough. No, they don't even have remotely enough. All right, Bill, I'll stop wasting your time here with whatever I'm saying. So thanks. <laughs> You're good, man. Appreciate it. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, everything's on the table in terms of draft capital, prospects. I mean, prospects, what do they even have, really? Like, they got some guys in juniors who look like something, but how many times have we said that before, you know? Uh, so there isn't anything that is on the table right now. Uh, Chris Krochak, Chris, you're live on the post game. Hey, Bill, how's it going? How's it going tonight, Chris? Yeah, same old with this team. Um, seems to be the theme of the night, but uh, I just wanted to talk about the desperate need to, to whatever you want to call it, rebuild, tear it down, blow it up, just try something different because I, I've seen enough. I mean, they're they're a cap team. They're maxed out at the salary cap, and they don't have a top player in this in this league. They don't even have a competent 
top line in this league. And, and that tells you all you need to know. Um, I, I think this, you know, it's going to be really, really hard if they ever were to commit to a rebuild, because when you give Sean Couturier eight more years, like you said, is he really the one C on a, on a cup team, you know, and you have Ivan Provorov paid like a number one and he's not, I mean, are you able to move these guys and start over? Do they do they consider that? I mean, could you move a Coots right after signing him? Because he's paid like a number one C, and he's probably not one. At least, like, when you look at the Provorov and Couturier money, it's not, like, that high-end one money. Like, Couturier's still in the sevens. At least it's not yeah. eight or nine. So you can, like, work around that and bring in talent uh, to place above them. like. You know, Kevin Hayes is your 2C. It's not like Sean Couturier is making a ton more than him. Like, you can structure it so it works, but you have to get out of some of those other deals if you're going to do it. Like, you cannot re- – like, you can't re-sign Ristolainen. Like, that's that's off the table if you're going to – if you're going to try to, like, build longer term. You probably can't re-sign Claude Drew unless he wants to take, like, a huge discount. Like, so it's uh, – a it's just going to take some maneuvering uh, and they're going to have to get out of some contracts. Like you're going to have to eat some money to get someone to take JVR for shit, man. Maybe the rest of this year and next year, if not at this, uh, at the end of this season, you can move them, but it's going to take some maneuvering to get out. Like you said, they spend to the cap. They just have to spend it so much more wisely. Yeah. You know, and the problem is, you know, a lot of these guys in the right situation, in the right role, they're not bad players, but they're just yeah. not great. They're not great players. You know, at Travis Konechny, for example, that's a complimentary piece. He's not a first-line player. He's just not. You know, uh, we thought Lindblom, you know, might have been a diamond in the rough. And I know he obviously has had health issues and he's, you know, uh, gets a pass on that. But he's probably not any more than a bottom six. Or, you know, so all these guys you're banking on to be these, these steals of the draft, these diamonds in the rough, they really weren't. And we have all these guys locked in for three, four, five, six years. And... They're just—they're not great players. They're okay to good players, and I'm—I'm I'm in favor of doing whatever is possible to tear it all down and just bring in new blood. Because I, I know it was said that nobody really wants to sit through a rebuild, but at least if you sit through a rebuild, you know it's all worth something. We never really did it with Hextall. We—we kind of half-assed it, and that's almost ten times more painful because it's—it's it's the year in and year out of getting to the first round and getting your hopes up. And then the next year you're terrible again. And the next year you make a run in March and next year you're terrible again. I mean, that to me is, it's like where the Sixers were before the process. You know, you, you really aren't building much of anything. And uh, I don't know how you get out of it, but I think Fletcher needs to be bold or we need a new approach with a new GM. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, like, like Chris just said, they have, and thanks a lot, Chris. Uh, they have a lot of guys who you'd love in a lineup further down in the lineup. You know, like if, if you had even like TK, TK could play on a first line if he was out there with stars. Like if you had a star and a half next to him, like, yeah, he'd be absolutely fine. Or on a second line, he would be great. But since you are counting on TK to produce every night, like he is going to leave you underwhelmed because that's not the type of player he is. He's just not a guy who's going to put up 80, 90 points. And like they need, they need those sorts of players. It's just a whole lot of middle sixers dudes who, if it was like, yeah, man, if he was on our second or third line, that'd be fucking great. 
but it's not. He's on our first or second line. And uh, all right, Patrick McKenzie, Patrick, you're live on the post game. Patrick. Oh, yeah, I can hear you, Patrick. Yep. Okay. Uh, so I don't want to be dead horse, but uh, I was – I don't want to say a believer in AV, but I believed all the bullshit excuses that they've told us for the past two-plus years. Um, I thought that AV could be the guy to lead this team. And throughout the season, I'm believing it less and less. And then tonight, man, that last four minutes doesn't pull the goalie when we're down That's two on the power play. Are you fucking kidding me? That 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 was it for me. I want I want Terry and Dunn fired yesterday. I want AV fired tomorrow morning, and and that's it. I'm still I'm still not uh, done with Fletcher yet. I think Fletcher actually did a pretty a great off season. We're just not seeing those those that that those pieces come to fruition. But I, I want one more coaching staff with this team, and then and then blow it up. Yeah, uh, that just to your point about tonight's game, like. Having that power play, having control of the puck at the point, and just looking back and being like, yep, Hart's still in there. We're not bringing a sixth guy on the ice. That was insane. Uh, yeah, I, Fletcher, he did have a nice offseason. I'm not – like, I just don't th- – he didn't sound like a guy who was worried about his job status the other day, so I can't even be concerned about that. But uh, something – a move of some sort has to be made. Like you said, Michel Tarion, the idea that he's still employed is fucking silly at this point. Like it, it's it, like it, it's goddamn three stooges. silly. like, how can, how can they go three for 40 in a month? And it's like, yeah, you know, the, uh, the power play coach, he gets too much credit when things are right and too much blame when things are wrong. Why employ the guy then? If it's a pointless position, so you're just telling me you're writing this guy a check out of the goodness of your heart? Like, you employ him because you want to? It's it's fun for you? Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Uh, uh, yeah, three, three, for our last, conference. Yeah. three for our last 53, I think. And uh, I, I turned to my girlfriend at that five-minute power play. I said, hey, we can either put up big goals here or uh, Michelle Terrian is on the fucking way out of Philly after this. It's a win-win situation. So hopefully we see that. But uh, that's all I got. All right, thanks a lot, Patrick. Yeah, like, when they go over on the major tonight, that's got to be it, right? Like, And they created some chances, so I guess, like, they'll use that as an excuse. Like, Jesterkin was just awesome, but fuck, man. Like, they stink. They stink. Uh, Adam Bortz. Adam, you are live on the post game. Adam, you're muted. Hey, Billy, you there? Yeah, I got you. How are you tonight? Hey, thanks, man. I'm good. Uh, I kind of joined late tonight, so if somebody already mentioned this, I apologize. But do you think Couturier is hurt by chance? Man, uh, we've we've come to see expect such a high level out of him that when he's not that guy, I just assume he's hurt. And, you know, <laughs> like – you know, hockey, they just play through everything. And this team, especially like uh, Claude Giroux and Jake Voracek really set a standard that everybody plays through everything unless you are fucking injured. So it would not surprise me if Couturier was dealing with something. Um, 
he started out the game real well tonight. What really surprised me was uh, the second period. Like in the first period, Couturier was one of the only guys who looked good. And then the second period when overall the whole team looked good, I was like, is Couturier actually injured and like not playing? Because I don't think I've (laughs) noticed him at all this period. And then he showed back up in the third and he made a few plays, but – Overall, he has not looked at all like the guy we've come to expect. Yeah, yeah. And, like, if we're talking about blowing up the organization, and I'm not arguing for or against it, he's kind of playing himself out of a trade right now, I think. It could be difficult to – I mean, it'll just be difficult to move anybody with that sort of price tag and that sort of term. No one's looking to bring on a guy signed for seven, eight years. But um, – I. I'd be fine. Like if they were to tear this thing down and Couturier's the vet they keep around, I wouldn't mind that uh, because I don't think he's getting paid so much that you can't work around it. But right. if they were to want to trade him, like, God damn, people thought we had the next Bergeron and uh, he, he definitely doesn't look like that right now. Sure. Sure. The, uh, the last point I just wanted to touch on is uh, I heard an alumni making an interesting point the other day and they were talking about the difference in the organizations, the Snyder run organization and the Steve Scott run organization. And he said, you know, when they used to show up to the games, there was three parking spots in front of the Wells Fargo center and the Snyder run organization it was at Snyder. It was Peter Luco. And it was the guy who ran the Wells Fargo center. I forget his name. Now today, there's 14 spots in front of the Wells Fargo Center. And <laughs> I think it's really telling about the way this organization's run. And like, we can put blame on the coach. We can put blame on the tactics. We can put blame on the GM, on the scouts for not emphasizing players that want to get drafted in the right order, blah, blah, blah. But I'm wondering if it's really just the organization as a whole is mediocre and is flawed in the way it's run and it will never be successful if that's the case going forward. You know, like if they have to design and and decide by committee, like how can we ever get back to those days? Like it'll never happen. I mean, that's just kind of like American business. That's like everything, everything in the world is corporate now that didn't used to be like that's that everything in life is a corporation now that I mean, even when like we were kids, you sound and look like you're kind of around my age. Like things weren't as PC and fucking all this like culture, sure. culture and HR run that they are now, and that's just the world around us. Uh, how many teams aren't run this way? Like that's my question. I don't and know. Two, and like two, this is Ed Snyder's company. If he thought it was wrong for it to be this way. I don't know. Would it be that, like, it's not like some corporation came and bought the Flyers. It, it's Ed Snyder's Comcast Spectacle Worth. Like, I, I don't know. It's all kind of his vision, is it not? Sure, I guess. But, I mean, like, look at the Patriots and their dynasty that they had run by a guy, you know? Sure. Like, I, I don't know. It, I don't know, I don't know how you Jerry Jones that. in Dallas, who's the reason that they aren't good. Like, yeah, it could go the other way for sure. Yeah. But anyway, that's all I wanted to say. I'm just sad and I feel pissed you. off, and I have 
no confidence in this team whatsoever. <laughs> I feel you, Adam. Listen, uh, thanks a lot. Uh, listen, I would love for Comcast, Comcast to sell the fucking team. Trust me. That'd be awesome. Uh, but, like, there's a lot of individual rich assholes out there, too, who wouldn't give two fucks and just treat it like their toy. Uh, some shiny thing to bring their friends to games, you know? Uh, I... I try not to worry about ownership because that's that's something I I not that I have say over over anything, but they ain't listening. They don't give two fucks about anything. Every business in America is about the bottom line. That's all it's about, and so they don't care. And that's basically all businesses. Uh, Corey W. Corey, you are live on the post game. Corey, you're muted. There you go. Hey, sorry, sorry, man. Hey, I uh, just want to call in Bill. Uh, I'm from Utah, weirdly enough. I uh, just want to, first of all, say Utah, thanks, man. Uh, yeah, weird oh, enough. But me. huge Flyers fan. Yeah, uh, downloaded this app just to 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 talk. And I know you're you guys are out on on the East Coast, so it's later for you than it is for me. But hey, uh, a lot of shit's already been said, so you know I'm just kind of leave that as it is. But uh, had a quick question about when you played hockey in high school, what position did you play? I played, I played defense in high school. Okay, cool. Yeah. Same here. So, Hey, righteous. <laughs> we were both demon, but I had a quick question about AV. Uh, I've got a bunch of Rangers fans out here and, uh, they're all shit. Not because I'm a Flyers fan and uh, have forever, man. Had a quick question, man. Uh, as far as AV being the coach of the Flyers, and again, like you don't, you're, you're not there with him. But I was just curious, like, what what do you think could turn things around just from him as a coaching, like as a coach, like coaching standpoint? I have no idea with this team at all. You know, everything's kind of been said tonight, and I apologize for keeping you up later. But I was kind of curious oh, what you think that like AV could do, man. That like. You're good, Corey, and thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Your signal's a little choppy there. I'm going to let you go, but thanks thanks a lot for joining. Um, what I think, like, if AV is going – all right, so the premise is if Elaine Vigneault is going to remain the coach, how can he get this thing turned around? Damn. Uh, I think he needs to empower the players a lot more uh, and let them – like – let them be more themselves. It just seems like they are very robotic out there. Uh, just everyone, whether you're a skill guy or a grinder, like regardless of what type of player you are, it seems like everybody's playing the same way. We're seeing it with the dump-ins. We're seeing it with the aggressiveness in the defensive zone and how passive they are. Like, man, Travis Sanheim can skate. Travis Sanheim should be up, out on guys, uh, we know he's not the most physical player, but you know he should be aggressive at the blue line uh, at, on entries, and he should be taking uh, he should be up on top of guys, not giving any sort of room in the defensive zone. They're kind of sagging back too much there uh, with the dump ins. We're seeing so many fucking dump ins, and uh, you know the skill players need to be empowered to carry the puck a little bit more and uh, make creative plays rather than oh let's just get it deep. Like, I, you know, for God's sake, give me an emphasis on creating plays from behind the net. All right, Johnny Dyer, we're going to try this one more time. Johnny, you are live. I think I have you, Johnny. I think I have you, Johnny. Wow. Unreal. Holy shit. Holy shit. 
<laughs> oh, everything's already been said. Bill, I, remember when everybody was really concerned about who they're going to take in the expansion draft? That was hilarious. <laughs> this fucking expansion draft. Take anybody. Um, I don't care. Take whoever. Yeah. Anybody not Can named you take Carter three or four guys? Yeah. Yeah, whatever. Whatever it takes. Uh, I you, I think you mentioned it, but I don't know, like... I must not have heard it ever. Like, I think my phone was causing problems too. Who, who can replace it? Like they got to change them all, right? They're not going to, we were laughing about it the other week. Like they're going to get rid of Terry and I mean, they're going to get rid of uh, AV and then Terry is going to be head coach or like Mikey O is going to be the head coach. Like who, they really got to get rid of all three guys who, like who's going to replace those guys. And real fast, true to form, did you notice that when they finally did pull the goalie, that uh, Risto was back there and he made like three fantastic saves? Like the rest of the team left him to hang out to dry, just like they had done with Carter Hart in the game. So that was nice to see them be um, yeah. consistent with yeah. that. Thanks, Bill. Yeah, thanks a lot, Johnny. Uh, just in terms of guys who could take that spot uh, if they were to replace Lane Vigneault, I really want Bruce Boudreaux. Uh, and it's for completely selfish reasons. I just want to have Coach Ham. Um, if you just look at Bruce Boudreaux, just look at him. Google right now. Type in your Google machines, Bruce Boudreaux. Hit the images. He looks like fucking Ham. He looks like Ham. He just, like a plate of Ham. That's Bruce Boudreaux. And, like, he's had, outside of playoff success, he's had a pretty damn good career as a head coach. Uh, I, I, as a short-term sort of let's see if he can fire the boys up, I would like Bruce Boudreaux or John Tortorella because that would be goddamn hilarious. I just think it would be funny to have John Tortorella. Like, I, I'm so, I wish I had, like, better answers, um, but this team has me in such a state that I want, like, the dumbest fucking thing to happen. Like, give me John Tortorella just freaking the fuck out for hours on end uh, and, like, screaming at Charlie. Really, because I want Charlie to get screamed at by John Tortorella. Like, that would be a nice feather in his cap as a journalist. Like, I got screamed at by John Tortorella. I think that would be good for him. I think it would be entertaining for all of us to see or hear Charlie get screamed at by John Tortorella. So I think that would be a lot of fun. Um, Or Boudreaux, because he's fucking ham. Uh, all right, Harris Barnes. Harris, you're the latest caller tonight. Um, hey, Bill. Um, going back to like the whole coaches thing, would you rather um, like go outside the NHL? Because like as you said, they just recycle coaches, and I mean, I guess the teams know what they're getting because like these guys have done it. But like, it's just so usually um, low risk, low reward. You could go get a major junior coach. Um, like a lot of teams have done. I don't think a lot of NCAA coaches work that well uh, because the whole the whole system is way different. But um, what do you? That's my first point. So, what do you think of that? It depends on the goal. Like, um, if they fire Elaine Vigneault, like you know, tomorrow, and the idea is to bring in someone to jumpstart this team, we're going to make a trade or two. We're going to try to salvage this season for this season. Then I want like. I want a retread. I, I want one of those guys with the proven track record, a Tortorella, a Boudreaux, one of those guys with the short shelf life, but they can get out of, they can get a lot out of you in a short amount of time. If the idea is to build for the future, 
I would love a dude like um, like a Luke Richardson or someone who's like working their way up through the ranks and yeah, that you can say we want him to be the coach for the next five, seven years. We're going to stick with him while we figure, you know, our own bullshit out. Although Detroit's done that and it's not led them anywhere. Although Iserman's making them a better team, but it's not like Blashill's a good coach. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, listen, they tried it with Dave Haxtell. It didn't work out. Uh, but that would, like, I wouldn't be afraid to try it again. Uh, you worry about falling in the patterns of, like, you know, you get too close with the players, you get too used to losing and shit like that. But uh, if. If the organization—that's the like—if the organization was well run, well, it's not. So I guess we can't use that. Uh, but I wouldn't mind seeing that. But I'm—I know it's over, but I don't want it to be. So selfishly, like I'd want a retread to try to charge this team up for a playoff run. And uh, like half seriously, half jokingly here, like I didn't think this would be possible, but. Man, Shane Wright, could it happen? Like he has played, he's played played in a semi Flyers jersey. He played for the Don Mills Flyers in minor hockey. He could be reunited with Zade Wisdom on the line together, the junior teammates. It could happen. It could, yeah. That's uh, and thanks a lot, Harris. Uh, I appreciate it. That's, that's something we brought up on, uh, or Charlie, I think, said it on BSH this week. Like, um, you know, if. If people like me are right and this team just doesn't have enough talent and it's not uh, just injuries, it's not just a coaching issue, if it's just a systemic, this team stinks, then the thing you think is going to happen will happen. They will suck and be in the lottery. And if it is just injuries and some bad luck, blah, 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 they'll get it turned around and the team will be good and you can be happy they'll be good. So it's kind of a win-win situation for us, but... Really, it's probably they're mediocre and it's a lose-lose. We're going to maybe be the wild, the second wild card team, maybe miss out by a few points, draft 14th and get, you know, more middle six forwards and, you know, second, third pair defensemen. But, yeah, that's uh, a problem for another day because we are done for the night. Uh, I said I didn't want to be here all night, and here we are at almost an hour 16 I gotta, I gotta say, thank you all so much for listening. Thank you for hanging out. I couldn't do it without all of you. This team is a fucking embarrassment, and you all show up to, uh, to make this show as fun and good as it is. So I, I really appreciate everyone who calls in, everyone who listens, everyone who listens on the podcast. It's really great, because, uh, man, you're the best. You, you just do this because you're fans. At least I get paid to do this shit. I, I can't imagine watching this fucking team every night. I mean, I could because I would because I'm sick in the head as a fan, just like all of you. But uh, anyway, I'm done. I want to I go drink a beer and go to bed. Uh, all right. That's it for me. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. Uh, you know the drill. You got to hit that subscribe button. Just search Broad Street Hockey wherever there are podcasts and bang. Content, content, content. You will love it. All your Flyers needs. Broad Street Hockey podcast feed. Uh, my name is Bill Matz. Until next time, have a great week, everybody.